Hello and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho. Josh, are you alive? I mean, just barely. Um, probably, but more alive than that team is after um, the the talk that Bob probably gave him before and after. I mean, in the middle and then at the end of that game. Yeah, uh, LAFC lose 3-0 against Salt Lake. That is four of the five matches since the restart that they have lost, scoring only once in those four losses. Uh, again, 2 nothing to Galaxy, 3-1 to one to Seattle. Um, then you, have, you do have the 5-1 result against San Jose. We can talk about why that probably isn't a good thing to look at. Uh, then 3 0 against the Galaxy, and now 3 0 against Salt Lake. And this team is just completely reeling. Bob rotates the squad. I tweeted out before the game, I wasn't sure if that was putting people on notice, if it was uh, just resting people, or if it was a complete concession that they just don't have it right now. Um, I don't, I, I, and I still don't know. After this, it kind of feels like a concession. Given some of the subs, I think some of them were were definite. Like we're just going to rest you the way that, but the way that he brought in three people right off the bench at halftime seems like some of it was just to save some legs for for Portland. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think obviously this is this is always going to be a difficult schedule to navigate, given you know, given um, you know, having the restart and all these different things, and so. Um, it's probably some com- something in the middle of all three of those things, right? You're you're just trying to find something, right? Maybe you find that and you know find a diamond that you weren't expecting, um, you know, to come up and and play well for you. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of it is just you know that you know again his typical rotations in in these short weeks. Yeah, so I mean, we should probably go through it. Um, starting eleven, you have Pablo Cisniega and goal. Andy Nahar at right back, Dejan Jakovic and uh, Traore at center back, actually. Jordan Harvey makes his return to the starting lineup for the first time in a long time. Uh, in the midfield, you have Sefuentes, Janela, and Duke. And then your front three are Rodriguez, Musavski, and Rossi. So a lot of youth, um, a handful of people getting their first starts. We finally see Nahar in his first significant action. Um, and again, Traore is in there as well. Josh, did you see anything from anybody in the first half, especially the kind of the newer class of of players that caught your eye or that really bothered you? Or you can take it any way you want, really. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that we've all been hoping is that, you know, Andy Nahar was going to be able to step in, establish himself at right back, and finally allow Blackman to move back inside where the team has been planning to move him all along, right? And, you know, these are conversations we've had with multiple people, you know, one including, you know, Vince, who noted, you know, they see him, you know, in, in a Sergio, Sergio Ramos mold, right? You know, obviously that's high praise, but, you know, Bob's done it before, and that that's the type of um, center back they see him as, right? Super athletic and do things that, you know, not a lot of center backs can, and he was meant to be the the Walker replacement, and had when he's been there has played admirably, in my opinion, um, under most circumstances. However, that has not been the case, 
right? So that, I think that's we've been seeing a lot of this rotation of um, Blackman playing right back and then also Blessing there um, just because, like I said, it just doesn't look like he has it. Um, again, whether that's a matter of fitness. Uh, this not is Nahar sure. you're saying. Yeah, this is like Nahar. He, yeah. he just doesn't look like he has that that oomph about him. Um, especially if you need, you're you're expecting our right back, our outside backs in general, to be part of that creative force for the team. Um, you know, when the when the midfield is going to be, if if the midfield isn't playing into the half space, then we need the out, the fullbacks to be a little bit more uh, creative. Well, we're not yeah. getting defense nor creation, so I'm not sure what the point is. Um, and I'd almost rather just play. You know, you can play the the Scalotto backline of playing four center backs and just have them chill while your midfield does all, you know, now gets forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it didn't look, it didn't look progressive, but it also didn't look conservative either. So I'm not exactly sure what we're getting there. And that's an unfortunate thing because I think those are some of the, those, those are some of the answers we were hoping to get in some of these games is that, okay, at the end of the day, Right when it's all said and done, are we going to, you know, who's going to have established themselves and where? I think we had hoped that again it would be something along the line of Cheeky at left, um, Blackman and Segura inside, and then Nahara at right back, and then we we'll go from there. But again, it, it hasn't looked pretty, and I'm not entirely sure based on what fitness levels I'm seeing. I'm like, I just don't know if he's really going to get any more than what we see especially because it's been now over a year that he's been rehabbing this thing so he you know and according to him he's 100 percent. but if that's his 100 then we maybe i'm not sure it's it's gonna work out yeah um quickly on nahar i do i do kind of want to do some more high level analysis on the roster itself but um when you're getting skinned repeatedly by justin miram uh, who has had a fruitful career in, in MLS, sure. But there's no reason for you to be getting done up like you are against him. Uh, I mean, I mean, completely turned around. There was a play also, I think I tweeted about it. Um, I don't remember who it was uh, on RSL. I mean, we're talking about a very journeyman squad when, when you're talking about RSL. Uh, I think it may have been Ruiz on the sideline mm. and Bryce Duke does exactly what he's supposed to do from the midfield, pushes him towards the, towards the touchline. So towards the boundary, using him, using a boundary as a second defender and Nahar comes up and he also shows Ruiz the sideline, but shows him enough space for him to just push the ball right around him. And like you said, Nahar doesn't seem to have much explosiveness. And now whether that's, uh, an age thing or a knee thing, or maybe he never had that kind of explosiveness. I don't know. Um, but I mean, I think he's only 27, but to me that there were two problems there. One Duke does the right thing and pushing him towards the sideline. So Nahar needs to come up and make a challenge, right? That's how you defend two V one. Um, and instead just gives him the entire touch line and then gets blown by him and can't recover. And this lay this leads directly to a to an attacking opportunity. So, just it seemed like over and over and over again, Nahar is just getting beat by for pace or for skill or whatever you know whatever it is. Uh, there's another time there's a ball just over the middle, 
and Nahar's trying to run an offside trap right at the halfway line, which is possible, I guess. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar, you can't, you cannot be offside if you're on your own side of the half. Uh, it's kind of built into the name, but uh, sometimes people get confused about it. So here he is trying to run this offside trap. You know, he's 25 meters away from, I don't know, probably Corey Barrett it was, uh, and ended up being uh, another another attacking opportunity for RSL. And it's, beca- it's because his positioning is bad, and he's just nowhere to be found. So to me, this is indicative of a couple things when it comes to roster building. One is where is Stephen Betashore? Now, Kevin Baxter just had a piece in the LA Times about the the Stephen Betashore curse or something like that, where he analyzed all these teams that bring him in and then dump him. And as soon as they dump him, uh, they don't have any success anymore. Uh, I, I am not much of a believer in any sort of mystical powers, um, especially not ones like that. But I do think this is indicative of a problem with the way LAFC have built this roster. Clearly they decided that they didn't have to re-sign Betashore for the big money that he wanted because Andy Nahar has been with the team since last year, uh, training with them and they were wrong and they haven't replaced Stephen Betashore still, uh, unless Nahar was the, was the replacement. And, and if so, that was a bad, a bad gamble. And the guy that was your backup right back is now supposed to be your starting center back in Tristan Blackman. So this is hole number one and problem number one that I see with this roster build for this year is you let a veteran, uh, you let a veteran go in Stephen Betashore because you didn't want to pay him, which is fine, but then you have to go out and replace him. And they did the opposite of that. They sold a center back and moved their backup right back to fill that position instead. And then signed a guy who clearly doesn't have the same thing that, that beta shore does. Sorry. I went on for a while there, Josh. No, but I mean, I think, you know, so while I may not be superstition, when you look at what he, what beta brings to the table, um, you know, it's stability, it's, it's field awareness. It's all the things that we've lacked and all the mm-hmm. things that you and I have been harping on for the last, you know, month or two. <clears throat> when we've gotten in trouble on 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 defense, right? It's never necessarily because the you know because it's Yakovic getting beat one on one, right? That it happens every now and then. But who you know, every defender's going to get beat one on one every now and then by just a nice move. But the goals that we were giving up were midfield is pushed up in a certain position, right? And then the defense. Or the or the fullbacks are pushed up, and then the center backs are put on an island, and the midfield it hasn't balanced out to help help recover. Well, if you go back and watch some of the games, especially the Houston game, it was the one where we, there was a U.S. Open Cup game right before, and so everyone had was sitting that game with the exception, I believe, like Beta and maybe. Um, Latif, I think like that, and I think mm-hmm. Rossi came in late. But anyways, everyone else will, you know, mainly a younger roster, all these different things. But you, you see the way that, you know, when certain guys are pushed up and these different things, Beta slides over. He moves, you know, he's moving into that position. He has a, just an awareness of 
of where what the whole team was doing and where he needed to be relative to that to be able to make sure that again either he could push up or he could or he could be the one guy who sits in the midfield and snuffs out these counterattacks uh, when the time comes you know did he did he get beat over the top every now and then because he's you know 32 years old sure right but at the end of the day Again, he, more often than not, you saw him at least be in position to make a play when they were trying to, you know, on on those balls because of his positioning. Um, and again, I think you lose that. You lose his leadership within the locker room. Um, and again, I think you you see it because again, the this team in the last few games has just given up from a mental perspective, right? I mean, I think yeah. the the um, the red card from from K was probably the most indicative of that, but the mental unraveling of this team is is far from what I'm assuming. Right, Bob had thought he had on his hands when you looked at the year before and had these like again you're trying to come up with that like Liverpool mentality monster approach to things where you're so in people's heads that you know that you can't you almost can't be beat from the start, right? Most teams have beat themselves because of their approach and how they, and how they look at you. Um, I, you just don't get that sense of belief with this team, especially absent of Carlos Vela, right? Who, you know, yeah, yeah. The guy can, you know, carry the team and score goals, all do all these different things. But again, it speaks more to the roster construction now at this point that, in absence of a few guys, right, and now we're looking at a quite a no, quite a number of people missing um, from from last year's you know record breaking team. Um, you know, obviously the two big ones that, that are that everyone's been talking about is is Vela and Atuesta. But again, I think when you dig deeper and you look at some of the guys like Beta, you know, Dio, um, Lee Wen, you know, th- these are guys that are I think are locker room guys that you in these moments. Right, this is why the, the that that team last year doesn't lose more than a game in a row, right? Right. Or you know, you know, you don't lose two games straight, or you don't lose more than you know more than that because you have the the guys who have the mentality that understand how to flip that switch um, when things aren't heading the right direction. This team, again, comes across being given the youth and all these other things is a bit emotionally fragile, right? It's it's mm-hmm. a good FIFA team. If you if it's based purely on potential, yeah, uh, right, right, because you're just trying to become a selling club and then move LAFC into the Champions League or whatever. Mm-hmm. The thing is, because um, there's no promotion for MLS right in the game, but uh, but yeah, like it, if if your goal was just to be a selling team, right, you have all, you have everything you need, but to actually compete on a regular and a regular basis, right. The question is like. You, know, you look at teams like Ajax, which is probably an inspira- one of the inspi- inspirations for for LAFC, you know, or even Dortmund, right? There comes a point where those teams know when they need to hold on to certain guys because it means more to their chemistry than it does to anything else, right? That there's that's why guys like Peace Check are still at at Dortmund, you know, even though they're well past their prime, and you know, should they be playing as many games? I, I don't know, but. The, those locker room guys and these locker room veterans, which again, which is tough in Major League Soccer because of the way that we're expected to um, to construct the roster. But you know, again, it, it I think when you start digging deeper into some of those things, you start to realize that the problems are a little bit more systemic 
than just the way that the team is lined up. Yeah. Yeah. I the the way the team lines up concerns me probably least of all. Um again, going back to roster construction, so a few things that you hit on there. If you look at our starting 11 from last year, which was Miller, Beta Shore, Zimmerman, Segura, Harvey, uh, Atuesta, K, Blessing, and then you had, we'll call it Vela Rossi Dio, right? Um, so Harvey is over the hill. If anything was proven tonight, it's that he's he's lost too many steps at this point. I don't know how many balls we watched that, you know, Brian Rodriguez finds him when he's playing on the left wing and there's on a through ball and Harvey just isn't able to get to it. Um, still a solid defender. I think if he wanted to play center back, he probably still could just as a stay at home center back. I, I don't think his defensive, uh, I, I think he's good enough defensively is what I'm trying to say here. And he's, he's a good enough passer. Um, but as a left back, he's not it. So he's over the hill. Uh, Zimmerman is gone. And like we said, no replacement because we don't know what is going on with our right back position because beta shore has left without a, a, a true replacement. So you have to either say, okay, Blackman is your right back or your center back. So you have a starting defender on the right side that is still, you know, that spot is still vacant. You can return the same midfield and that midfield works when you have guys like Rossi and Dio and Vela up top. Um, but right now we don't, we only have Rossi up there. BWP is a good stand in for Dio, I think, uh, in terms of quality, but he can't get you a full 90. Not that Dio always could, but, uh, you know, BWP went 60 against galaxy on Sunday and could only give you so much today, right? He couldn't start today. Um, and obviously Vela is gone and Atuesta is gone in the, in the midfield. So you're missing a lot of people. I guess I, I Miller's Miller's gone too. And you tried to replace him with Kenneth Vermeer and most of the problems that Miller seemed to have are actually worse under Vermeer where he's just coming off his line at inexplicable times. And whereas Miller, I felt like would make some of those plays happen. Vermeer just comes flying out and it's, it's a whiff almost every single time. So I don't know. I don't know how many that is. Uh, let's count them up. Dio is one. Zimmerman is two. Beta Shore three. Harvey four. Um, Miller would be five. So five of your starting eleven are just gone, right? You can't you can't use them in your starting eleven this year. And then you have Vela and Atuesta are both out. Um, and when you ask where are the replacements, there are no clear answers. The only one that you can say there's a there's a true replacement for is Harvey, and that's Palacios, right? So um, now let's look at the replacement guys for Vela. The first one, you know, his first replacement would be Brian Rodriguez, and they're not the same player. Maybe Rodriguez will get there one day, or you know, some you know, in terms of production, somewhere close or somewhere similar, I should say, but it's not there now. And who is the replacement for? Uh, Atuesta, I'm not really sure, but it's, I, most people would probably say Mark Anthony K and that's not good enough. He's, he can't do the job that Atuesta does. Um, and so now you see like it's, it's not the same team from last year. 
And some people might say, well, Bob needs to do, you know, he needs to reassess and he needs to change what he's doing if he doesn't have the same personnel. Um, and that, I think that would be a fair criticism if you're saying, all right, well, let's assess our personnel and see how we need to change the team to make it successful. I think that would be a fair critique of, of what Bob is doing, but we know that he's implemented a system and that they've gone out and scouted people to try and fit those positions. I think they've been forced into playing a lot of these guys earlier than they wanted to though. Do you think, what do you think about all that? Yeah. I mean, I think you're spot on. I think part of it though, I mean, like as a manager, you're, you're only, you're only going to be able to do so much. My question at that point is now where what's Thornton's next move as well. Yeah. Right. Because this is, this is something that again, it, there's no Virgil van Dyke to go back, to go by and, and, and revolutionize mm-hmm. the defense. That's it's never going to happen. Right. So the question to me is you're as a, as a GM, you have to know that these, and now the team president as well, you have to know that, these are the, this is where the team is and this is where the priority, you know, this is where from the way that the team is expected to play, right, which is high attacking, da da da, all these different things. Who's next on that list, right? Can you go out and get someone, you know, and and if not, right, what what's the plan to fix it? Um, because again, I think at, from a from managerial perspective, it's like you're only as good as what you have available to you, and and again, when when you think about the way that that Major League Soccer makes you construct the team, there's a precipitous drop off, usually after your what first six guys, right? On, yeah. On on depending most on, rosters, yeah. Depending on how much TAM you have available, you know, three DPS, and you can probably get you know three or four TAM guys, right? And so we have at least two of our TAM guys unavailable, right? Dio being one and then that's what the other. And so yeah. when when you have that much big money not available to play, it's going to be a problem. So the question is now how, how, what's, where did the replace, where do, what's the next move to now at least stem things over or to make sure that, you know, again, like, you know, you look at the way there's there's clear holes that they've they've, you know, kind of had to force the force Bob to paper over, but he's done it in a way that's almost now been long term more detrimental because Blackman's not getting as much run as he should have been at center back, right? Um, yep. Because that's the whole point, or the whole goal was to get him to move inside because you've seen what he's been able to, he's been capable of doing. Um, I think that's the only reason that you sell Zimmerman. Is because you see him there, ready to go. You see him shut down Zlatan, right yeah. in the in in the in the playoff game, right? Right, like Zimmerman's not available for that game, right? So Blackman steps in, plays really well that whole game, um, and I think that was it, right? That was when they decided to like, well, you know, like that's when Zimmerman became expendable because I think Bob saw more long term potential in what he was going to get from from yeah. Blackman. Um, just from a size and athleticism standpoint and the things that he's able to do and, and you know, come being comfortable on his feet uh, versus I think they, you know, there was a lot of development that needed to be done with Walker to get him to become as, you know, to get him to where he was from the defensive standpoint. Is he still playing well? Absolutely. But again, you know, 
I don't think Nashville's pushing up the numbers for the LA's on a regular basis either. You know, they're right. they're they're more along the line of sit two defensive midfielders in front of a back line, you know, and in front of the back four and just, you know, hit long balls over the top until your number ten gets underneath it and can try and make something happen. Yeah. So maybe to to drive these this point home, um there's if you if you look at what I would consider to be just straight up dead weight on on the team, I think you have to start with Danilo Silva. And he I mean, that's just a wasted roster spot at this point. And it's not that again, it's not that anybody hates this man, it's that he's too old to go. And he's coming back from back surgery. Um, from you know, I, I think he had a hamstring injury as well. It's over. It's over for Danilo Silva. So he's got like you have to move on because you have to open up a roster spot. And as far as I know, he's using an international spot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like you just can't. You can't do that. You can't waste an international spot on your third or fourth option center back. It's just not. It's, that's always hurt. Yes. Yes, that is always hurt. Um, and then you have to look at your forward situation as well, where we have a ton of forwards on this roster. You've got, uh, I mean, less now that Dio is gone, but you've got all three DPs or forwards, right? So they're obviously going to be first or second on the team sheet. I mean, I, it's tough to say where, how this team will line up when when Vela comes back, but Vela, Rodriguez, Rossi, and then you've got BWP, you've got Adrian Perez, and Danny Musovski behind all of them. Uh, and at, to start the season, you had you had Dio as well. Now I don't know what Adrian Perez is going to get you. Um, I think he's got one goal in his time with the team. I like the guy. Um, he was very, he was very kind. His personal story. He was very kind to my son when my son met him, uh, and that's the kind of stuff that I, you know it, I I appreciate. And, and it's it go, those kind of personal things go a long way with fans and with coaches. And so I you know this is a guy that I like. The, the story is great about him coming in from Ontario, um, but. I'm not sure what he's bringing to you in terms of a Carlos Vela replacement when you are in need of a center forward and, and better depth. And I think you could say the same about Musovsky as well. I think if he's your third option center forward striker, then that's fine. You know, you can, you can deal with Musovsky, but I think one of the things you saw tonight is that he's too slow. He's not, you know, Rodriguez is streaking forward and Musovsky isn't able to get on the end of crosses because he's not able to split defenders with a run after the ball is played. And that happened over and over and over and over again. And he's not able to get to the back post either. It's always the near post with him. And he's never able to get to the back post where a lot of the balls are squirting through untouched. So, uh, man, I, I am not high on this team and the way it's built at all. Yeah, I mean it's um, it's extremely top heavy. I mean, again, what MLS team isn't right? Like what yeah, MLS team yeah, of can, can sustain losses of you know at one DP at minimum, let alone the, the league mm-hmm. MVP. But then beyond that, you know, like 
to be able to now sustain losses of a couple of your TAM players as well or whatever. Yeah. Can I can I hit on something real quick? This is mm-hmm. one thing that I've seen it so much that it's starting to bother me. Um, of course, Atuesta is a very important player to us, and he always has been. To the point that when teams would take him away, i.e. the Galaxy last year, the Galaxy are the ones that exposed this, right? The, they would stick Alvarez right on top of Atuesta, and he would never leave his side for an entire match. And LAFC would struggle like you had never seen them struggle before. And again, it's because of the way the midfield operates where Atuesta is the only creative force, really. Every once in a while, you'll you'll get a moment of brilliance from Kay or, or Blessing, but they are there to press and to win balls up the field. And they are, they're good at that. Um, so it should surprise nobody at this point how, how important Atuesta is because of what we saw teams do to us last year, right? Where... Seattle is able to mark out to us out of the game and they destroy us. Galaxy were able to do it last year consistently and they'd be able, and they were able to beat us. Uh, so this is, it's not, it's nothing new. Um, it's just so much more clear this year because now you have Vela out. So your other creative, so your other creative spark is gone. Um, and there's more defensive issues that he's not able to cover. Uh, so, Yes, he is incredibly important. Yes, you are right for bringing it up, but it has been this way even before all these roster pro problems that we talked about. Sorry, Josh, I cut you off there. No, I mean, I think you're you're right on point. Um, again, because I think it the create and if you don't and if we're not getting create you know that creative force from the fullbacks, you know, all like all like a Liverpool. Um, you know, Alexander Arnold and Andy Robertson type of thing on the outside, then, you know, again, then you can't have midfielders that can't do anything either. Right. And we're, we're, we have the industrious midfielders um, that are trying to now create. And again, it's not, it's just, again, it's just not there. Um, you know, you know, their blessing in K's creativity comes from their ability to, to defend, not, anything else right. right it's the it's they're 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 causing they're creating chances by turning people over and then putting a ball into a carlos vela or to you know or to rossi or whoever out, off a turnover in a bad spot not necessarily because they've now found the ball in a half space you know take a touch find the you know and then thread a beautiful pass in between you know uh in between the the center defensive uh, midfielder and and the center back, you know, to an on running, you know, yeah, like we don't have a Tiago on this team. We don't even have a Nico Lodero on this team. Yeah, uh, yeah, what you have is, you know, again, is is guys that are closer to, you know, again, more of you know, workman like type of approach. But again, if you don't have the bounce and the cover, you know, to understand when to when to, you know, from the outside fullbacks when to uh, when to sit back or when to when to push up based on what the midfielders are doing as well again most of this is like a, f- a free-flowing system but right now it's like part of the system is forgetting what they're supposed to do so then it, that's why it always seems completely out of whack you know and yeah. out of sync at times absolutely um let's do this josh let's let's go through what we think our like uh, starting eleven 
if everybody's healthy and nothing changes, what our starting 11 is, and then what signings, you, you know, take one or two signings just by position. You don't have to have a name, what this team needs in terms of like, in, in addition, some sort of injection to help it get back on track. Because right now this team doesn't even look like it's going to make the playoffs, uh, let alone make a deep run. Uh, I don't know what, position we're in i think we're in seventh before tonight i assume that is not the case anymore but again we've lost four matches of five and the only one we 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 won was san jose and again that's because we we own their gimmick right um mm. but now, keep in mind, those portland four losses, has one goal portland Sorry. has lost um blanco for the year with an acl tear yeah. yeah, so that's that's a big loss for them considering that is because he's been the guy that's carried them, right? Mm-hmm. He's he was the guy that helped them win the tournament. Really, he's I so, mean he was the best player. I mean I think he wasn't he the golden. I mean I, the best. I like think he was the tournament MVP or whatever the equivalent of award is. Yeah, but. so you know when you know, I think for me, it's it's you know you're if if everyone's healthy, I'm playing Rossi through the middle. Vela on the right, Rodriguez on the left. Um, you're and if I those are my front three, I'm mm-hmm. playing that middle of Sifu, Janela, and Atuesta. Um, yeah, and then my back line is going to probably be, honestly, especially with Vela back. Um, I think you play Beta. I mean, I think you play Yakovic and um, and. And Blackman at center back and right back, mm. you know, you back basically back to what one, you know, that beat that team that beat Leon, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, at home, you know, because again, when you think about it, Blackman's not, you know, seven yards up the field if if Carlos Vela is there, right, you know, like right, you know, as a right back, right, like, you know, he's not, you know, like they're the the fullbacks are having to to create and push up and and make and and become creative forces because there's a lack of you know the best player you know on the planet on the right side of the field that who can create um i think rossi does the most you know i think rodriguez is best served in the isco role right is a left winger that floats underneath and and can distribute he is undoubtedly a left winger the yeah. difference from him on the left and the right wing is really profound. Like it is a big, big deal. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, I think he's, cause he's a true right footer. And so I think what, when you look at it, it's if, if he's on the right side, he's driving to the baseline and he's cutting the ball back in. If he's on the left, that's when you see him just do, do a whole lot more because he'll either go, he can go left, he can go right. Um, his one-on-one looks a little bit more dangerous because he's able to attack into the middle of the field and into space versus when he does it on his right foot down the line. Again, he often runs out of space and then he just, yeah. just a cut back, um, you know, and, and you hope that someone gets on the end of it. But again, that's not exactly creative, right? Like that's why Vela is so dangerous is he can put the ball on his left foot. You know, he can take a shot from there. He can, you know, pass, he can dribble, you know, he'll hit, you know, he'll, feed the ball to the to the center forward and then make that run in behind. You know, there there's so many different things you can do when you're playing that inverted forward versus playing like the true winger position. You know, I think his best I 
I th- that again, it works is where I think Rossi and Rodriguez, their game don't necessarily complement each other. They're more, they tend to be a little bit more redundant, especially when they're on the yeah. wings. Um, you know, so that, that would be, that w- that's probably where I would start. Um, and then from there, right, you can, you can pull Rossi out to the left and then bring BWP in, BWP in for Rodriguez, you know, in the 60th for the last 30. Yeah. Yeah. Keeper. Um, just Diego. I mean, he's fine. Yeah. Uh, my, my team is very similar and for a lot of the same reasons, same front three. Again, I like the way you have them lined up. What I assume is we're still going to see Vela through the middle. Um, which to me raises the issue of Rodriguez being on the right again, because Rossi's best position is left wing as well. Uh, and the way that he is playing, you want him in his, in the best position possible. Um, I think the best combination is obviously Vela on the right, because that's his strongest position. Rodriguez is in his strongest position. Then you have Rossi, who can do the second striker role very well. And you've seen him play in the middle a lot uh, in the past five or six weeks. And he looks good. Uh, you know, he, he can handle... I think he could handle the false nine type role and he's obviously fast enough to play as a lone striker, um, stretching the, stretching the back line. So to me, that's, that's how you have to line up. And I, I, we, you and I have talked about it a lot, uh, about them interchanging and everything, but to me, that's the starting structure for this, for this front three, the midfield. Uh, again, I agree. It's Atuesta, Janela and Sifu. I think Mark Anthony Kay and Latif Blessing have kind of had their day and they are, like we said, very effective in the press, but we haven't seen the press be effective outside of really the one Seattle match in, in the tournament. And that was the last time it was effective. It wasn't effective even at the beginning of the season against Miami or, or Philadelphia. Um, so I guess the last time it looked effective was Galaxy last year, right? Yeah, um, well, I mean, but teams are playing over the top of it now, right? And so right. The, thing, the thing about right. it is like when you when you press like that, the next and MLS teams being, you know, more more willing to bunker than let's put it that way than most other yeah other teams are going to be comfortable launching those long balls over the top, right? It's like, you know, uh, what is it? I think it's a there's a term for it from that from the coach from DC United, Benny Ball. Right where it's just uh, sit back into a shell and then launch, launch counterattacks mm-hmm. over the top. Um, yeah, you know it's like the old Bob Bradley style when he played four four two with the national team. But right. you know, ultimately, it, it's it's one of those things where teams are not gonna are, are are don't mind bypassing your midfield. So then the press isn't isn't quite there, right? Yeah. And so yeah. when when LAFC's actually been more effective is like the beginning of that Galaxy game where they sat back a little bit. Right, it wasn't yep. quite the high press because you'll see games where they just look like they're just chasing for no reason. There's no trap being set, right? And the point yeah, of the yeah. and even even Liverpool to a certain degree stopped in, in these last two years where they've won major trophies have stopped pressing, right? It's 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 not the Gagan press the whole game like it used to be, right? Where that's that you're suffocating and doing some things because teams after a while will they figure you know like like most good teams will, we'll eventually figure it out and say, okay, well, we'll let's just kick the ball over the top. 
Yeah. Right? And then yeah. you put a big old guy like Zlatan in the middle who can just direct it in certain ways and you're good to go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, teams teams in Major League Soccer are more than happy to just play the ball over the top and then go from there. And so yeah. what ends up happening now at that point is that you start pushing numbers farther and farther forward. You know, you get that really weird unbounce where you're like basically two center backs, two defenders, um, you know, three midfielders and five forwards or something crazy like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, a, and oftentimes yeah. two of those forwards are your fullbacks, right? So mm-hmm. as soon as the counter's on, it's, it's an all out sprint to try and get back. Yeah. Um, which is fine. It's it, you, LAFC were successful with it last year, but like you said, teams are going to catch on and they're going to learn how to play through it because they're, they're going to understand the cues in a more, in a more sophisticated manner um, because they're, they're going to catch up. These are professionals. That's what the, that's what these coaching staffs are paid to do, which is partly what makes LAFC struggle. So frustrating is because it's like, Hey, you're getting paid to do this. You guys need to figure this one out. Um, so that's my midfield, my midfield changes. I think Sifuentes comes in for uh blessing because I think he does everything that blessing does better. Um, I think he's a better one-on-one defender. I think his passing is exponentially better i think it comes faster um so he's not spending so much time on the ball and uh, i mean it's pretty clear that his shooting ability is better too janela to me is a much more calm uh presence in the midfield than mark anthony k is um and i think his passing is significantly more lethal as well um that's not to say that blessing and, and k can't have a a, a part on this team or that they're not going to be contributors. I and mean, like you said, Lee Wynn last year was a significant contributor off the bench. Um, and for me, I actually am putting blessing it right back. I think, I think that's his best position with LAFC at this point uh, is to put him on the field at, at right back. We saw him, he had one of the only dangerous spots against the galaxy and then just kind of <laughs> had this terrible shot straight into Bingham's feet. Um, but so I'm putting black, I'm putting blessing there. So we can put black minute center back for now and Segura and then Palacios on the side. Cisniega is the keeper because he's capable of making stops and is at least positioned appropriately 98% of the time, as opposed to Vermeer's 80% of the time. Um, and we'll deal with not being able to play through his feet for now. Um, but if it's me, the signings that I'm looking for, are a striker and i think you know we've we've talked about this before we talked about it with vince do you have to sign a quote-unquote true number nine i think you do have to sign a center forward now if that center forward comes in the mold of bobby firmino or he comes in the mold of uh olivier Giroud, then what that's fine cream pick your poison I, it doesn't matter if he's a false nine, great. If he's a fox in the box, great. If he is, you know, a, just a, a pure striker like Robert Lewandowski, then fine. Just get somebody in the middle that is going to be capable of going 90 minutes uh, or at least, you know, consistently going 70, 80, 90 minutes so you can bring BWP in as, as a super sub. The other thing I want is I, I, they have to sign another center back. They have to drop Danilo Silva and sign another center back. And uh, if it's a starting level center back, then 
Tristan Blackman can go back out to right back, and I think he will be fine there. Um, and if it's not, then, you know, whatever. Now we have a little more depth. Um, but if you're not signing another starting center back, then you need to go out and you need to find a starting right back. Because again, like we've talked about already, Nahar isn't it. And maybe next year he will come good and you can make a move then. But for right now, it's not, that's, that's not going to be the case. Josh, did, do you have anything different on, on signings or? No, I mean, like I said, I think though, maybe I, I think a right back, like a, like a, a just a, I mean, just bring back beta shore. <laughs> yeah. The man doesn't have a job right now. You can yeah. just sign him. Bring Beta back. It it breaks the curse, and then you're good. Bet you're good to go. Yeah, because yeah. again, it just solves a lot of the a lot of the like the issues from I think multiple perspectives, especially in the absence of having some of the veteran leadership that we probably in these moments sorely need. Yeah. Um. All right. One thing I, we do have a lot of questions and this is, I kind of feel like this is necessarily a long episode, but I do want to go into formations just a little bit. You, you hinted at it. Um, but people keep, you know, people are begging for some sort of system change. Uh, that's not going to happen mid season. And part of the reason of four, three, three is so popular is because it is so versatile. So a four, three, three, uh, is really similar to a four one four one, a four two three one, a four five one, uh, even a three four three. These are all very very similar uh, formations, and it's not just in that you know they all oh well this one has a four man back line and so does this or this one has three attacker you know three forwards and so does this one. It's the shape that they that they adopt when they're when they're attacking when they're defending. And so like you said, when you see LAFC attacking, oftentimes, especially against a set in defense, it oftentimes is like a 2-3-5 type of thing, right? And you can get to that 2-3-5 from a 4-1-4-1 very easily. You can get there from uh, a, a number of positions. Um, and it's that's, I think, the frustrating thing is it's more about the personnel and the space that they're occupying than it is or that you want them to occupy than it is about necessarily just the formation, right? It's about the roles that you want to have for the people on the field. So for people suggesting that the LAFC moved to a three-man back line, my question would be, have you seen our center back depth? It's <laughs> it's not good at all. Uh, and I guess if you want to have Jordan Harvey out there and Segura and Blackman, then you might be able to do it. But you're you're taking off a midfielder or an attacker in favor of poor center back depth, which to me is it's the wrong answer. And I mean, I guess the argument would be, well, yeah, but then you have two wing backs that form a back five, and you're set up more defensively. Yeah, and but it, again, from the, from the four three three, if you really want to do that, you drop the six, you drop the sixty between the in between the two center halves, and you right. call it a day, um, right. which we you know occasionally Atuesta does some I think Mac actually does it quite a bit sometimes on on defense where he'll he's the one that actually ends up sitting deepest of the three yeah yeah um, he'll he'll drop back as kind of like a into like the left fullback type of position when in mm-hmm. possession because Cheeky is is so far forward yeah so, so I often. mean I think those are 
those are those different things. Like if you look at look around the world, look at you know, I think it's Manchester City um, with uh, the Brazilian guy, Fern- Fernandinho. Fernandinho, right? Who that's his role is basically to just sit in, as a six would be to drop in between the two center backs and form a back three, right? Yeah. So that way um, the fullbacks can get forward, um, and then and and. And basically, the fullbacks are now your new midfield because in their system, their their midfielders are flying all over the place, right? Are, yeah. are, are that are the now the five in the half space because they want their wingers out super wide, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Versus Liverpool, who will do the same thing, right? You have you have the back three in possession because F- Fabinho is sitting sitting in between the the center halves at the six, you know, which they, they tend to do the two, three, five thing more than, than anything because you have Virgil van Dyke, And so they do this yeah. weird staggered back line thing where they have one, one center back deep, one center back shallow. Um, but when you have guys that are as big, that are as that good, you can do whatever the heck you want. Plus Joe Gomez is pretty quick and can cover some ground. So, um, you know, they're able to do, do things a little bit differently. Um, but again, like they're in a two three five on in possession, and then on defense, most of these teams are dropping into, you know, either a four four. Most teams are dropping into what a four four two block. Yeah, yeah. And so the the point that I'm really driving at here is if you're suggesting like a three four three, for example, just take a look at like how how LAFC would normally set up, and like so in a three, if you were saying. Well, I think they should go to a three-four-three, and you just take a look at the two midfielders and then the middle center back, and you draw a triangle around them. Those are your midfielders anyway, right? And you have your fullbacks up high in the midfield, um, and that's how you get to three-four-three from a four-three-three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like you said, you just you're dropping your six in between, and that's kind of what what the formations really are. They are a starting point. And that's not to say that talking formations is a complete waste of time because I definitely don't think it is. But I do think sometimes we're just, you know, tomato, tomato type thing. And, and we get ourselves into these, into these almost semantic, these arguments over semantics of, well, this, what we should do is this. And for me, whenever I change a formation with my teams, which is pretty rare, it's always I try to make it as seamless as possible. So, um, for for example, like if we're playing a four three three, then I want to switch them to a four two three one, where I basically just flip the midfield right, and that's basically me saying we're going to be a little bit more defensive today, with two central defensive mid uh, defensive midfielders and our wingers pulled back a little bit more, and only one ten. Right. And he's our true creative force. Uh, and you can even make a four, three, three more attacking by going to something like a four, one, four, one or a four, one, two, three, right. Where your wingers stay high and now you have two tens or whatever it is. Um, so I try and look for little shifts like that, but it's really about how do I get the personnel on the field? And for me, adding more center backs to an LAFC side is not the answer especially given the number of set piece goals that we're, that we're conceding. It doesn't seem like, I mean, we are giving up goals when we're set into our, into our defense, but to me, it's just more, you know, 
chaos that and and bad giveaways and counterattacking goals that are that are being scored on us. So anyway, I don't know if any of that makes sense, Josh, <laughs> uh, no, or mean, if anybody's even still listening after fifty two minutes. But um, maybe we should just get into some questions to get the people what they want, huh? Let's do it. All right, we do have a lot, and I I appreciate having all these questions, um, especially on a night like tonight. All right, I'm trying to pull these up here. Hmm. I'm sorry for all the dead air, everybody. All right, the first one from Tycho B&G. Uh, my turn to make dinner, and I missed the first half. I wish I missed the second. I know we were down, but I honestly thought Segura was the left back. Harvey and Yako got the full 90. Are you guys happy with the kids in the first half? Does Poncho and Sifu deserve to start against Portland? There's a lot there. Um, Harvey and Yako going 90. And how do you feel about the kids, Josh? I mean, I think those guys playing 90 minutes means that they're probably going with Segura, Blackman, and and Blessing on the back line against Portland. Yeah. Um, because I don't... If those guys are playing ninety minutes, I doubt they're going to have them run, um, play another. You know, either we're going to play in the next game or at least start. Right. Um, so I think that gives you some insight into what to expect there. Um, from the kids, they're fine, right? Nothing special, nothing that blows your mind. Um, and again, I think we were hoping for a little bit more from some of them, but again, it was just it was an okay performance. You know, it was. Again, he got beat on a set piece. It, it, when have they not gotten beat on set pieces? Um, again, yeah. it's more the the some of the second half effort stuff that is a little bit more disconcerting. Yeah, for me, uh, Traore looks a little bit too young. This is it, the game looked a little bit too fast for him. Uh, defensively, he looked pretty good. I thought it was mostly like when he's trying to play the ball out, he's making odd decisions. I think on one of them, he had Harvey out wide and he tried to split the defend the, the two defenders to try and get the ball to Segura, or I guess it wasn't Segura. It would have been Cifuentes or Janelle at that point. Um, and you could tell he just wasn't ready for a forward to make that kind of tackle on the ball. Uh, and it led directly to a goal. I think there was another one too, where he played the ball back and there, there was too much pressure. It would have been better to clear it. He really likes to hit the, the diagonal ball towards the right winger off his left foot. And it didn't land all that often. Uh, it seems like the center backs were winning those balls a lot when he would send them. Um, so to me, he's not quite ready. Uh, Bryce Duke, uh, his passing quality and his ability to combine uh, with teammates is really good. I think, one of the things that I love watching about when he passes the ball is the ball just explodes off of his foot. There's such like the, the touch on the ball is fantastic. Um, but I think he has a hard time finding the right space to be in. And, uh, there were a couple of times I caught Janela yelling at him about the press and when to go. Um, so I think he's still got some, some, uh, some learning to do, even though, uh, he looks, pretty good in, in other aspects of the game. And then Pancho and Sifu deserving to start. I think we both answered that. We both look at them as starters already. 
Uh, are you starting him against Portland, Josh? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, they haven't given you any reason not to. And yeah, so, I mean, I think you probably go back to the midfield of of K and Sifu and and uh, and Janela with blessing it right back. But who knows? We'll see. Uh, Jeffrey Bamaka, is it easy as emphasizing defending set pieces in practice, looking at tape on what other teams do before the game? Maybe not within such a packed schedule. RSL and Galaxy made passes to the edge of the box, and bam, goal. Perhaps a different approach in defending set pieces. So this is something that I brought up today while watching the match is if you play like a two-phase set piece against LAFC, you will score because they're not going to win the first ball and everything is a mess on the reaction. Um, and that's how, again, I think I mentioned it earlier in the show too, that's how, that first Galaxy goal against us in the first match. Um, and like Jeff is saying here, uh, I think the Sebastian Legette, his first goal is just a direct pass on some basic movement. But the main thing is it's zonal marking. And if you're going with that, you have to win the ball. If it's in your zone, you have to, um, because you're not marking the man, right? So somebody, you, if the ball's in your zone, you have to win it. And right now we don't have aerial threats that can do that. That's another roster construction thing. Uh, tonight, our tallest player was Tristan Blackman. And, I don't think there was another player over 5'10", if you discount the the keeper. Because everybody else, I think, is 5'9 and below. So, uh, we're not winning too many aerial balls. Josh, do you have anything on set pieces that you want to add? I mean, it's just mental lapses, right? Again, you're saying it's the two-phase part. The first one, they're generally okay. They're active to the ball, those types of things. Again, they don't necessarily win it, but they're active. The second part just seems like they forget what they're doing. Um, yeah, you know, because again, it's like okay, we're in this zone, and then after after the initial set piece takes place, are they supposed to stay in their zone? I don't. They they don't seem to know all the time, and I think that's been what's been causing a lot of this. You know, causing some of this issue. Yeah. Whereas again, I yeah. think there's mental lapses. You know, again, maybe from the you know maybe some of them are new to what's going on or whatever maybe. But again, it's it's there there's some kind of disconnect in terms of what they're supposed to do after the after the initial ball like this it's like yeah. it's almost like they don't consider it part of the set piece anymore but again it's what is it like the old saying goes play till the whistle blows yep yep all right another one from jeffrey also kind of ironic that after mls is back lafc wanted to focus on clean sheets and we've been the one shut down and handing and handing out clean sheets obviously to other teams uh, it is very ironic. Um, we're talking about a team that was extremely sound defensively. And we've talked about the the way that that back line was structured last year and how it's not the same this year. Uh, but yet, shut out three times in those four losses. Um, the fact that we only scored one goal in those four losses is really quite telling. And one of the more unacceptable things that LAFC has done, I think, um, just, just absolutely terrible. I'm 99% certain we've conceded the most goals in the MLS. And I think we now have a negative goal dif- differential for the year. That's like the first time since 2018. Shocking. Because we just set the league record 
for goal differential over a season, right? And here we are with a negative goal differential. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and we're joking about this, but it is it is unacceptable, and people have every right to be pissed about this because uh, it's really bad right now, and it doesn't seem like there's any answers coming. Uh, next one from Juan Pablo Hernandez at Wonderful. Losing sucks, but you know we're going to bounce back. Stay positive and keep the energy to the team. They need it. Vamos. Uh, I do agree. Like we, I mean, it is, you do stay behind the team. Obviously there's no, there's no need to be jumping ship. Um, it's going to come back together. Atuesta and Vela coming back are going to help big time. Um, but like we said, there, there are changes that need to be, to be made. And I hope, I hope that's come through that we are both Josh and I are really frustrated and really mad uh, and trying to stay positive at the same time. It's kind of a tough, a tough uh, thing to balance. Um, next one from Lionel Hutz at from cheap seat. Hope Bob embraces the struggle, poor results, but appreciate him giving Harvey Duke and Moose a start. Just got to make the playoffs. Josh, does LAFC make the playoffs this year? I mean, when you think about how bad the rest of major league soccer generally is, I, I would say so. I mean, you have to think how wasn't, was it Portland that was like, Oh, and five to start the season last year and still made it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and so again, it, like it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a season. It's a long season. There's still time games we played. Um, again, it's just, you just have to figure things out with the time that you have, figure things out, make those changes and improve every game. Um, where they won't is if they continue to go down the same, the same road and make the same same mistakes over and over again, right? So if, obviously, if they start yeah. to change some of these these little things, these things will start to change with, and you'll start to see positive results. Yeah, you know, because again, the difference between what they were doing last year and this year is not marginally not hugely different. It's just a matter of execution. Yeah, yeah, and personnel. Uh, next one, Andrew Medina at Drew underscore near post. Ha 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 ha! Obviously, a very sarcastic laugh. This kind of reminds me of. Uh, I think there's. I, I, I used to follow it, but I got I got tired of seeing it pop up. Uh, I think it's called like the Eternal Scream or something like that, mm. <laughs> where uh, it's just always screaming. Um, but I feel you. We feel you, Drew. Both me and Josh. Uh, John T. Lang at John Lang PhD Doctor Doctor Lang. I want to think about positive. Sifu keeps getting better, and Janela is a calm presence. Nahar showed some flashes. Maybe it's not about making changes this year, but trying to peak for the knockout playoffs. Maybe the model is Seattle, not Atlanta. Um, I do think that if you're going to be looking for the positives, you are going to look at Sifu and Janela as uh, as permanent roles in your uh, in your midfield. And I do think at this point you do have to salvage what you can of the season and try and peak for the playoffs. Because I mean, again, we could be, we could be talking about, you know, you make it into the seventh or eighth seed of the playoffs and LAFC is a, a good enough team to play their way through uh, those first initial games against the higher seeded teams. That's, that's not going to be a problem for them. The problem is just being consistent through the playoffs. Um, but I don't know. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I mean, it's it. You have to learn to peak at the right time, right? I think more than anything. And so, um, 
being able to figure some of these little things out, um, but also understanding that again, it's this, it's not home and home anymore. Right? These are one offs. Um, yeah, you know, and it's in trying to blow the doors off of people the way that Atlanta did, or you know, is not maybe the most sustainable thing. When you look at it now, like it's like the LAFC and Atlanta are now having their expansion years. Right, the, the yeah, expansion right, seasons. I right. think is a Matt Doyle, Doyle tweet or something like that. Um, but at the same time, when you kind of look at it, I think again, it's if the if the if the team is built the way that it should be in these different things, you know, eventually it'll find itself and it'll find the way to win. Um, again, it, the the question just really becomes how well built is this team actually now in absence of some of the, the, the veteran pieces that it lost? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one from PG at Paul T Greco. You ready for this one, Josh? Mm -hmm. I need to hear the anger and no, I'm not alone. There are no more excuses for Bob or the front office. We look horrible game after game. San Jose was a mirage game based on their system. These players are quitting on Bob and the season. Uh, there's, there's a lot of truth here and hopefully we've, we've addressed a lot of this. I feel like we have San Jose being a mirage, uh, based on their system. We talked about, uh, we talked about the problems with the front office. Uh, I think we've talked about the, the problems with, with set piece goals, especially, I don't know how many set pieces we've conceded on this year, but it is incredible. I mean, all three goals tonight really come from set pieces. Uh, you have the corner that kind of broke down and immediately led to a goal. You have, uh, what was the other one? Was it another corner that they scored on? Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. That Miram gets on the end of. And then a foul okay. where Harvey ends up with a handball in the box, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, just tonight, three set-piece goals, really. Uh, just so, so bad. And you have to lay that at the at the feet of the coaching staff for not being able to figure out how to defend this. Um, uh, we talked about the front office, like I said, um, Josh, do you feel like the players are quitting on Bob? No, I mean, I think it looks a little bit more, a little bit different when you see those things happen. Um, I think there may needs to be a refreshing, maybe a little bit of refreshment in terms of how, how, what, when, like the like you know in terms of a little bit of the ta- like a tactical approach, but other than that, I mean, like I said, it, you don't you don't see, um, you know, like I said, I think guys still understand what what what's at stake, what the opportunity is, um, you yeah. know, again, regardless of who's coaching the team, um, you know, again, and it's not like at the end of the day, it's either you put up or you shut up, you know. Again, they're not losing because of what. Um, because in my opinion of things that you know that Bob isn't or isn't doing they've they've lost a bunch of these games because they've had mental farts that they can't recover from you know whether yeah, whether I, it's on set pieces or again like the red card the other day just like I, I don't understand yeah like what what the where you're going there but I mean again I I maybe from you know do you continue to buy into into the approach? Okay, I can see that. You know, like I said, does it does pressing at a hundred miles an hour all the time s- seem to make sense in some of these situations? Maybe, maybe not. 
Um, but at the same time, you know, I think there's, if you're talking about just playing good, good soccer, right. Like you either just do it or you don't. Right. And, and, and if you're quitting on someone who's trying to emphasize you playing the game well, then I start to wonder what your motivation is as an individual more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I, for me, I don't see them quitting yet on Bob. I still see them playing their positions, giving effort. Like, like you said, they're, they're still trying to press. I feel like things aren't quite landing properly. And what I will say that Bob probably runs the risk of is he's not one of these like historically, uh, like historical players coaches, right? Where guys just love to play for him. And you see that in the video, right? He's a very hard nosed coach who expects the world from his players. So I think he does run the risk of potentially losing them. If things continue to go to, to go bad for too long. And I think that'll manifest itself when you start hearing about more, like I, LAFC has always been pretty good about locker room leaks and stuff like that. But when you start hearing that kind of stuff, um, that's when I'd say, all right, these guys are, these guys are quitting on him now. Um, so Paul also has another one here. It's rebuilding time, change the formation to four, four, two, put Sifu and Atuesta as joint center mids. So I agree with part of this because I think Sifuentes and Atuesta and Janela need to be the center midfielders. Again, I'm not I'm not ready to to change up a system like and go to a four four two low block. I think you can cobble together a back line that is serviceable from what we have, and I think I think it's Sifuentes. I'm sorry, I think it's Palacios, Segura, Blackman, and Blessing. Or like you said, you can use Jakovic and Blackman for now and sign a center back. Um, but I'm not quite ready to go bunker encounter yet because I still see a lot of the pieces as there. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, if you look, if they actually finish off, you know, 25% of the chances that they create, you know, you're winning games 5-3. Um, and again, that's those are some of the things that I think were are getting lost is like there 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 isn't a lack of chance creation still they're still creating chances for the most part the question now becomes like who's actually finishing some of these chances yeah right and if you don't have a magnet on the field like carlos vela to draw you know the entire defense to one towards one side of the field those spaces become a little bit more narrow and you you know especially against a team like rsl and in those moments, you you better finish when the opportunity comes. Same thing like against the Galaxy, right? The Galaxy are going to play their two their two midfielders right in front of the, their back line, and you know, and they're they're kind of going to sit. And so, if you don't finish the chances that you create, you're going to pay. And yeah, that's kind of where we're at, right? Whereas, how many chances did LFC have in the first half of that Galaxy game? Four. You know, clear yeah. cut, like yeah. hey, you should finish this. How many of those does Vela bury on himself? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so when you look at some of these different things, if we finish chances again, now you don't have to be stupid when with your with your your overlapping runs and these types of things. You can say, okay, well, we're up to get two goals. I don't, you know, 
now I can tuck in inside and then I can just let Vela do his thing or whatever it may be. Again, in absence of that, you have to be a little bit more risky, but at the same time, you know, there there has to be a balance. And I think that that's what gets lost in some of these conversations. And it's like, with with the with what you have, how is it going to be any better? Yeah, yeah. Right, in, in changing to a 442 or to so many different things, what actually changes? Right? Your, right. Your you know, defensive I'm, shape I'm trying is to go same. through... I'm trying to go through right now and think about what a 442 would look like. So far, this is what I've got. Again, assuming it's a flat 442. Uh, Palacio Segura. Um, Jakovic and Blackman. Mm-hmm. And then. I'm going to put Rodriguez on the far on the left, left wing yeah. because yeah, that's, that's, that's where Uruguay. It's exactly what he plays for Uruguay, right? And then Cifuentes and Atuesta in the middle, like Paul says. I'll go with that. And then... Hmm. Latif is probably your right midfielder. Blessing on the right wing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and BWP then you and, have and Rossi up top. Vela and Rossi, yeah, up up top and then BWP comes off and you can move to a four, one, uh, four, four, one, one, I guess with him. Uh, can we cheat this and go to a four diamond two? Does that actually help? I don't know if that helps. I don't think it does actually, because then you lose Rodriguez in the left. Yeah. I mean, but, but you're, again, it all becomes semantics because at the same time you're, you're looking at basically like a four, three, three, where you have, Rodriguez floating underneath Vela and 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 Rossi up top, right? And then yeah. that's a four one, you know, four one two one two, right? Like yeah. a, your or your four four two diamond. What's the what's the difference? It's just, yeah, just starting I think, position I think maybe you play the four two two two. Yeah, like the like the but the midfield, the middle of the park just gets exposed. Kind of like. Yeah, that's like the I Red mean, Bull because because then the thing is your your second bank of two are 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 actually wingers, right? So you have mm-hmm. two center defensive mids in Sifu and and Atuesta, like like Paul says, and then you've got Rodriguez, and I, again I think it's Latif. He's probably the best suited for this role on the right wing, and then Vela and and Rossi up top. But for me, that's still it's still Vela in the wrong position, right? What mm-hmm. you want is Vela out on the right taking on uh, left backs by themselves and cutting in and, and making a center a center back come over and double, right? Or he's going to shoot from out there. Yeah, so. so that way you have a back post run by yeah. himself, you know, for Rossi on the backside. Right. And that's that's right. about how many goals that they scored with just that, right? It's Vela gets the ball on the right, cuts inside, draws both the, draws the center back, and you have a run from either deal up the middle, which pulls one center back. And then that back post run is the, is the actual guy who gets on the end of the ball. Yeah. I mean, the, the positive is I think if you do move to a flat four, four, two, you're going to, you're going to concede less goals. I think that, you know, if you just bunker and counter, you're going to concede less goals. And we've seen Bob have success with it before. I mean, he took, he took, uh, the you, the USMNT deep into the Confederations Cup with it, right? Mm-hmm. Back in two thousand nine, was it? You beat Spain. 
Yeah, yeah. That Spain, right? <laughs> Not just Spain, but that Spain. So, yeah. Uh, I... <sighs> I'm not ready to go there yet, but Paul, I hope I hope we satisfied your your desire to, to at least talk about it here. Um, I just think you again you're sacrificing uh, players that that are currently being played in positions of strength. Somebody like Janella, for example, is who you're taking off to make this work, and you're replacing him with either Yakovic or blessing it right back. So. Uh, and I mean, I know that I've talked about blessing it right back is probably the strongest position for LAFC right now. But that's that's the problem that I have is you're taking off people from, you know, what what are strong positions and adding them from from weaker positions. So last one here, Josh, our friend Maya at Shop Eat Sleep. It's just a gif. I'm sorry. I don't know what TV show this is, but it's just somebody frantically asking, why does this keep happening? And I feel like that's an appropriate place to to end the show because if we haven't got it in, what is this? We're in our 77th minute. We've almost gone full time here, Josh, um, on this episode. If we haven't answered it by now, then no. I'm sorry to everybody <laughs> for failing you on, a, on our analysis. Uh, Josh, anything else before we go tonight? Uh, that's it. Let's get out of here. All right. You can follow the show at counterpress underscore me at Kirk Kinsey, Josh, LAFC Josh on Twitter. All right. We will be back hopefully under better circumstances after the Portland match. Um, thanks again for everybody for uh, participating and listening to the show. And we will talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.